0: Riker! He And another! <laughs> sticking in! Thank you, good night! Squash! That was liquid football! Uh. Shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot
1: like a traction engine! The boost is in the pudding! In this place by goal, the has got pie all over his shirt. Welcome to this latest episode of the Down the Pole podcast, uh, I'm one of your hosts uh, Anthony Abba and I'm joined again by Gary Griffiths, uh, welcome to the show again Gary, what's going on man?
0: I'm good, mate. Arsenal, top of the league, Wanderers, new seasons just around the corner. Life couldn't be better. I, actually, I say that, but I've been in a state of constant stress for the past few months because Arsenal are actually good again and the fear of, of actually not winning it now is so overwhelming that I've just stopped enjoying football. So it's nice to be back in a Wanderers context where it's a bit more stress-free.
1: Yeah, uh we're we're not gonna talk about any <laughs> Arsenal stuff uh on this podcast. Uh well I'm just uh, I'm just a Wanderers fan now and you know which means they're probably gonna lose every game this year. So um so so it's been a while since we've actually just done a show, just two of us. We had like uh I've done a couple of interviews as you were away and uh which is kind of nice. I got to uh meet a couple of the new players and we also um, we did like another live show, so it's kind of been we've been kind of trying to keep active. It's kind of hard to kind of keep things ticking over with the uh the off season. I think we've done mm. a pretty good job to try and get some sort of content out there. So, uh, have you got cramped. any
0: more interviews lined up?
1: Um, not I haven't right now. Um, I might try and do a few bits and pieces before the season starts. Uh, it's um, it, it seems like they actually have a pretty cramped um schedule this year like in terms of uh, training camps and uh, going away and stuff like that so uh yeah I'll, I'll probably get another one or two in just to uh tie this over until we actually get into the meat of things and uh get some um g- g- get back into the games uh are, are uh, you
0: gonna go over on the 12th to the open training session
1: yeah i'm actually looking forward to it uh yeah you're same. Too, right? yeah so, yeah, yeah. No. so if, if anybody's listening and you see me and gary there uh we're actually like really famous now so we don't want you to come mm. bother us we just want to be like left alone because that's what famous people do we'll sit there with our sunglasses on and our yep. four coats and our canes and exactly. just don't, don't don't bother us no but honestly do come over and say hello we we'd we, we love to know that somebody's listened to the fucking podcast so we'd really appreciate <laughs> it uh, I, I must just before we get into uh the the squad overview and stuff like that I I, I I'm pretty impressed with uh how quickly the party plane came came around for um the trip to york it was uh, I, 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 there was rumors of it and then within about 2 days 3 days Derek had organized it booked it got some money and uh yeah um i know that you didn't want to go because
0: uh <laughs> because i i didn't want to go because i've just got back from a trip to england and blown way too much money so it probably wasn't wise i was i was looking at my credit card thinking should i or shouldn't i and before i could decide it was sold out so yeah if anyone wants to sneak me in their baggage then (laughs) i can fold myself (laughs) up like flat stanley and i'll be all good
1: i I think i think i think Um, that happened to a lot of people i think a lot of people were kind of like waiting to uh find out like the the ins and outs of it all and but it came together really really quickly and i got i got a message like just saying like hey you have been selected and i was like all right fuck it like i Obviously, didn't consult my wife that I was going to put that <laughs> much money away, but uh, I was like, I, I, I think it'd be kind of fun to go and see, but um, I'm not uh. expecting York Line Stadium to be anything. Uh, yeah,
0: mate, I, I'm actually surprised it's sold out, not because it's a good fan base, because it's, like, it's quite a commitment, isn't it? And when it was announced, I thought, this is a good idea, but, oh, God, what if they don't, what if, have we just, like, paid a load of money to charter a flight, and what if we don't sell enough tickets, but, yeah, it went, it went really quickly, so, happy days. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, Uh, I haven't been to Ontario, so I'm, I'm, I know it's only for a day, and I'll probably be, like, wanker drunk the whole day uh i hope <laughs> i hope
0: he's at the airport definitely. yeah I, I
1: i hope they're prepared for that but uh i'm not too sure whether you know uh do,
0: you should do like um like an on the ground podcast where you just spend the day like to get in a quick interview with people and no seriously like patch it all together into a podcast i think that'd be quite entertaining
1: I, 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 that was kind of one of my ideas with the show before where we're gonna like uh like get snippets of people's opinions at the grounds and stuff for like that mm. but then it's like when you go to the game and you just want to like have a few yeah it does feel like way too much like work uh, yeah so So, yeah I'll what I was thinking I actually have an idea is like like is record myself over the day getting drunker and drunker and drunker (laughs) and try to make sense with all by the end so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well yeah so uh, I'm looking forward to I'm gonna try and designate a couple of people to uh be the ones that have to carry me back to the bus and put me on the plane and uh, get me home. So uh yeah so I, it's it's pretty exciting like they they released the um the preseason squad there's a couple of like a uh, couple of I wouldn't say trialists I think there's like people who have an opportunity to make it to the squad we've got Kareem Sao, who we all know Anthony Stoller who was our first round pick in the U Sports draft and then Aiden uh Rushines, who was uh I think he had a, he was our backup keeper last year when when basket was suspended. So, um, you know, pretty familiar faces. Um, so yeah, so good luck to them. I know that Aiden has a really good opportunity because we don't actually have a backup keeper right now. So, um, I, I'm pretty excited. I hope he gets a good chance. But uh, yeah, so overall, Gary, like look at the squad, like and how it's come together. How happier with the with the with the players that we've brought in how happy are you with the um the overall quality i think would be a big thing like is it do you feel it's an, a big upgrade on last year
0: a time will tell one if it's a big upgrade i think certainly on paper it feels as though it is i think the the recruitment's been really interesting actually and if you like if you take a thousand foot view of it and you start to see some patterns pretty clearly when you when you look at it from a distance and I think the first the first thing that stands out is the profile of player we're bringing in we're bringing in a lot of athletes but a lot of athletes who are technically very astute as well so players that can keep the ball but can also win their duels and I think that also ties into the age profile of those players we're bringing in as well like our average age is down to 23 again I think it was maybe 24 or close to 25 last season. So we've brought the average age down by adding a lot of players who are coming out of the NCAA or young players who are at Vaughan. But we've also added to replace some of the experience. We've lost some 28, 27-year-olds as well. Um, Another thing about the recruitment, I think familiarity has been a big buzzword when it comes to it so there's a lot of players we've brought in who Patrice knows very well whether that's through Vaughan or NCAA where he was coaching at Seneca and I think when you think about this level of football it's still possible to game the system a little bit here in terms of transfers I think if you look at the top level of like the Premier League and and whatever it's, it's it's increasingly difficult to do that because every club's scouting network is so vast. But at this level in the CPL, there's so much talent out there that's untapped. And if you're someone like Patrice, who is very familiar with League One Ontario and very familiar with NCAA as well, you can really game the system. It's It kind of reminds me of if anyone was following the Premier League in the 90s, when Arsene Wenger first came in, he knew all of these unheard of French players like Patrick Vieira and Nicolas Anelka, and he just brought them all over to England and they were amazing. And I feel like this league is a little bit at that point as well right now. So familiarity is massive. The last thing I'd say is, I think we're looking at players who are going to fit his way of playing and his ideology in terms of, game models systems and shapes and to not not to waffle too much but i i posted a thread a little while ago it was about riley riley ferrazzo the left back we signed and i had a message from someone after i posted it and it was this guy who was playing college football in canada and he'd seen the thread i wrote and he said i just wanted to message you because your close your coach is top class um and i said oh that's good like how do you know him and he said basically he was playing against patrice's seneca college team and before the game as part of like kind of their student role their coach gave them homework to research the team they were playing and they had to write a report on them and his his job was to write a report on patrice's seneca team so he sent me this report he wrote about patrice's team which completely laid out like how they set up like what they like to do tactically and me and him had a really good conversation about it and he was talking about this idea that patrice's teams have where in possession and this this isn't like for the whole game this is only when they're in possession and they're building play they like to do this thing called 3 box 3 and basically 3 box 3 is you have three defenders who play quite narrow you have three attackers who have quite a lot of width but who invert and then in the middle, you have four midfielders who are shaped like a box. So you have a double defensive pivot, which is made up of the number six and the left back who inverts. And you also have like two tens playing ahead of them as well. And the whole idea is to like create o- create overloads um, in the central of the park. So you've got a numerical advantage to play between the lines of the tens and all of that sort of stuff. But anyway, like when I was looking at the recruitment I'm really looking at it through that lens, and what players do we have that we can plug into each of those positions? I saw on uh, Twitter
1: that a couple of people were uh, maybe worried about our lack of a, a goal scorer or a lack of a, I guess, a traditional striker. And I, I, I know that a lot of people uh, pointed towards Amle, but like, where in the system itself, like, who, who do you see as being like the the spearhead for it? Like, we like, you know, looking at our Forward line, like we we have quite a few um, deep lying players. We have a couple of like wingers. So, who do you see as being the traditional uh, goal scoring trap? Um, uh, and who do you think would be the starter? I guess would be the question.
0: I think the the first part of that point about bringing in goal scorers, like the the fact of the matter is, if someone is a proven goal scorer at this level, then they're not playing in this league yep. anymore, and we're not signing them anymore. Like. It's a development league. You sign players who you think might one day become goal scorers, unless you kind of like get very lucky, like Pacific did with Diaz, or we got we did with Morelli. Um, in, in terms of who will be our number nine, I think it'll either be Kosi, <laughs> no N- Fonzo. There you go. That sounds like yeah. that sounds right to me. Yeah. So I think it will be between Kosi and the guy who we got from who was who was with. Uh, the Whitecaps under 23s, Theo Colomb. Yeah. He he looks really good, actually. Really, really bright, really sharp. He's one of those, and he's not the only one who we've picked up this, this off season who I think if they hadn't have had injuries at specific times in their development would probably already be playing at a higher level. But you watch him and he's he's very rounded as a striker like he can play off the what he can play from wide positions but he can also play as a nine really really good with his back to goal um he's got really soft feet can lay it off nicely nice little link up play but he can also do the other part as well he can spin off the shoulder good one on ones good goal scoring record in youth football which who knows if that'll translate but i th- i think he's going to be a bit of a dark horse i think he's going to be someone who who we eventually will consider to be this like really high level goal scorer in this league. And hopefully we'll be in MLS before too long.
1: I, I must say uh, just looking at who we signed and kind of where they've come from, we've definitely uh, moved away from the model that we had under under Stephen, where we we tended to tap into Quebec and, you know, even like uh, some of the players we got last year were like from Uh, colleges that wouldn't be ncaa standard or kind of more second or third tier colleges in the state so uh, do you think do you think that's coming from patrice because he's the nc because he was in the ncaa or do you think that matt's just kind of doing his homework a lot more or where where do you think this this kind of change has come from
0: i think like in any company like you lean into the skill sets of the people you have working for you and if if you've got someone like patrice in the, in the building, then of course you're like, you tap into his network of, and he would, he would have scouted all of these players to death because he's worked with them before he's worked against them or with them before. So I think, yeah, you have to use that. And, and it's not like they're the only players we've signed as well. We still have like Lorenzo Caligari. We have, um, uh, off the top, of my head, I can't think of them, but there's a few like Jan, Jan Fillion as well. We have other yep. players we've signed who are not from those roots, So those are the ones who I imagine, kind of were already in place who matt and the scouts had identified and then your ncaa ones are the ones patrice would have would have like pointed out to us
1: yeah i've I, been honest like i'm really impressed i think that it kind of started with mo omar like who brought in who kind of had a bit of pedigree and obviously it took him a while to 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 change to the standard or the, the professional side of things i mean and i think we've kind of mentioned a couple of times where we need to kind of maybe be a little bit patient you know like a lot of these guys like haven't played uh professionally maybe or like you know they're kind of the, the, the where we are with the cpl right now so i think there's going to be like a little bit of um we, we kind of need to be a little bit more a little bit of patience beginning but i must say looking at the squad overall you know i'm i'm really really excited with, with who we have like i we we're kind of mit- talking earlier on um i just feel like For the past couple of seasons, we've been that kind of team where if somebody like a Morelli or like a Zach Fernandez were injured, we never really had the players come in who were good enough to kind of replace them. And I never felt like, you know, it was two people fighting for the one spot in a sense. It was always we just need a, a gap plugger you know what i mean and um, mm. that's no no offense to whoever was here but here i feel like you know if if somebody gets injured and it's going to happen it's part of the game i, I just I, i'm really impressed with the this, this, the depth that we have um in the squad how about you
0: yeah i agree and i think before we had we had single points of failure didn't we so as soon as Morelli got injured, we all just went. Well, that's the season done, and it pretty much was because he was he was everything to us. And I, that that bleeds in a little bit to, so philosophically, I the way I see Stephen Hart as a coach philosophically was that he wants his teams to be really rigid and defensively sound, and then his attackers have all the freedom in the world to just go and win games. I think he's kind of a bit old school like that, and a bit of a romantic. But when when all of that re- revolves around one person, Morelli, being this like kind of like jazz playing soloist up front doing what he wants and roaming where he wants, if you take that out, then the whole thing just falls to pieces, which is what happened. Whereas I think Patrice is far more of a systems coach, like a very modern coach who like Everyone has roles in the team rather than kind of free for all positions. There's obviously individuality is is encouraged, but it's more systems based. So the idea is you can just plug in a different player to play the same role, and you kind of keep on going as usual. So yeah, yeah, I think hopefully injuries, if they happen, won't be as big of a blow this time round. Yeah, you kind of
1: like you're right though. Like with modern football, we are kind of tending to move away from that. Superstar thing, whereas, like, I just said, like, you know, it's more about the squad now, where it, you, you definitely see, like, with Pep, where it's like, if somebody's injured, the person that comes in knows the exact same role. And it's like, mm. you know, obviously, the players are at a very high standard and they pay a lot of money for them, but there's always like plenty of competition. But, you know, if somebody gets injured, it just feels like there's always somebody good enough just to come in and step in. I think we've been kind of missing that. As you said, like with Morelli, as soon as that happened last year, you know, like we kind of all it just fell apart. So you know, speaking of uh of jail, like I um we at the uh at the introduction at the point with Patrice it kind of felt like it was really doom and gloomy where it was almost like he's done, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And the mess is that came out the other day like it, it almost felt like that he will be back at, in some capacity, but it's going to be more towards it. So I feel Mate, like I—I I, I would be time
0: if he ever plays for Wanderers again. If he ever plays again, I'll be shocked. Uh, yeah. That's not—that's not based on any like insider info or anything. Just if you—if you just like, you don't have to read the tea leaves too much to see like on Instagram, like he's got a kid on the way. Congratulations to him, by the way. Um, he's very well in there with his family's business. What, like, I don't, I just don't see the motivation for him to come back. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I, I've always kind of like for the past couple of months been looking at this season and just assumed he wouldn't be there. Um, so I wasn't at all surprised to be it. it,
1: it almost feels like and I think somebody said it on, on Twitter that it almost feels like that if we're on, on a, a quest for the playoffs towards the end of the year and we kind of need that, just get extra him in, boom, yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels that way, like, because I have noticed that, like, you know, he's back. Um, you know, like last year before the season, he was like he's big into MMA, and he was like training. Mm. Da, 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 da. And as you mentioned, like obviously he's got a kid in the way, and priorities have changed. But he seems to be back doing the MMA stuff now, and it feels like he's starting to kind of train again, kind of thing. So and yeah. I just felt like that message, like was just like a glimmer of hope that I'd like, see him back. And, and being honest, it's it's purely selfish reasons, not just to to see him uh, play like so he's because he's a really good player it's it's because he's a really good person he's a really nice guy and anybody's ever talked to him like he's he's fun to be around and i just it just feels shitty for him to go out on such a low like that that i'd like to just see him come back and even just have even if the club just bring him up for a game mm. and just get, we get a proper chance say goodbye to him for everything he's done because uh, as i said he's a really
0: he's a really good person and uh you know, um, hopefully we get to do that. Very really, just really quickly on Morelli. I think, I don't think anyone at the club would admit this and nor should they, but I don't think he's a good fit for us right now. Even, even like, even good Morelli, which I know sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. But when I think about the way Patrice plays, I where, like I don't see where he fits in in that role. Like, is he is he one of the two tens who's going to be super pressy and like, really good at that side of the game off the ball no that's not him is he going to be a focal point nine that's not really him either like he's a brilliant player so he'd probably make it work but it he his skill set is so suited to certain teams but and it was suited to us before like like I said Stephen Hart giving him all the freedom in the world roam about fine passes score goals brilliant brilliant player for that sort of system but this i i don't see it like when there's that still put po- still that point where i thought maybe he would be back i was thinking like where though i, I he's just he just doesn't fit into the way we play now um lovely guy <laughs> like, so a uh... really nice guy i love him Like i love him as a player but this i just don't see how he'd fit in here
1: all right uh moving swiftly along here dr Bill. <laughs> no no, but... no i'm
0: being positive like i think like no, I, I, don't... I
1: feel I feel like the first season, like and obviously it was a different setup uh, when, when we did the Island Games. I, I think he had a different role. I think he actually... And I know he didn't... I know he didn't enjoy playing the role, but he did enough. There was an awful lot of running in his legs. He had to do a lot of tracking. his a lot of pressing because that's the way Steven has set us up. So I think he is capable of doing it. Whether he enjoys doing it, and that's going to make him want to come back, mm. is a different story. So, you know, I... I I think he does have that in him. I just don't know whether it's what he wants to do, because obviously he was a lot happier playing that free role where he could just, do yeah. it and just be, you know, the, the dude who just pops up when he's needed. And
0: you know what I mean? So mm. yeah, and he's incredibly uh, efficient at that. Like he's brilliant in that role. Yeah, but I—that's not the way we are going to play. So yeah.
1: So so I, I did want to uh, just touch a little bit on defense, like with goalkeepers and and stuff for like that. Like and you know we do ha- we do have an, and I've talked to Ryan James and I talked to Jan about uh, Jan Fili about this. You know, i just want to kind of get your your thoughts on it. You know, we have a very young. Back line apart from those two. And I'm not saying they're over the hill or anything like that, but you know what I mean. So, do you think that we've recruited well in, in defense? And do you think um having, yet, like, will Ryan and will Ryan especially like see a lot of game time? Do you think, or do you think it's going to be Ferrazzo is going to be playing in that role because he's done it for Patrice before? And how important was it for them to
0: bring in an experience like that? Hugely important, yeah, because if you look at Omar, Christian Campagna, even J- Jake Ruby is a lot younger than people think he is as well because he's 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 been here since year two. You think he's older, but he's only 22. So that's a really young group of defenders. And Daniel Nimick, the other guy they signed as well, the British guy, he's very young too. So you need, you need them old heads to organise them and just keep them calm in those precious situations. So, yeah, like if you're Jan, if, if you're Ryan James, I think they're both excuse me i think they're both 27 28 so they're the right age to be yep. that sort of role in these young players development yeah huge responsibility on them to like kind of just manage the dressing room manage that back line um i think ryan james will definitely start i think the club of the club are well aware that we've never really had a good left back um colleges if any of the former left backs are listening which are very much doubt they will be yeah. um but we've never really i mean i, I honestly think the Carolis was probably the best we've had um and probably the most likely to be listening as well so i'll sneak that one in there um <laughs> but yeah so I, I think that's one position we've never had a good player in really and i think ryan james and riley for are both very good it's such an important position as well in the way patrice sets up Like, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but this idea of a left back who inverts, it's not just a case of that left back has to think about doing that. Because if a left back drops into centre midfield, there's a massive, a massive area of space behind him as well. So you need a left centre back who's proper switched on, who's a big space centre back who can look at that area and go, right, if anything comes down there, I need to sniff that out. Because... Every team in the league has a scouting department. Every team in the league is going to go, oh, fuck, Wanderers always invert their left back. That means there's a fucking shitload of space behind that left back. We're going to attack down there, which is what is going to happen because you, it's just the, the trade-off. So you need centre-backs who are well aware of that and can shuffle over and block off that space. So... um Yeah, so Ryan, I think Ryan James will probably start because he used to be a centre midfielder as well, so he will be able to do that role, no problem. But it's nice to have a backup in Riley Ferrazzo, who did that tremendously well for Vaughan as well. So you've got two players who can do it, no problem at all. So looking at like
1: the the goalkeepers, you know, um, obviously like last year we had, um, I wouldn't say clash of egos, but a clash of egos. Because, like, you know, we had two goalkeepers who were good enough, I think, to be the starting goalkeeper. And I I think uh, it was that kind of stuff always ends in tears. And it's why a lot of clubs tend to have one outstanding goalkeeper and then kind of one who's maybe an up and comer. And I think that's kind of where the the Wanderers are looking this year. Like, Jan is. Mm I think is probably going to be the best goalkeeper in the league this year. And I know that's saying a lot, but no pressure on him, but I really think so. <laughs> but, you know, like, like th- just because
0: he's your mate now, you
1: No, I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I really don't like him. I don't think he's a hard, but no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but, but honestly, I think it's definitely a position that we needed to shore up a little bit. Like, uh, I think that Christian was a really good, Christian was a really good goalkeeper, but he had obviously his, 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 his faults. And the same with like uh, Kieran, uh, mm-hmm. I think he's going to do really well in
0: uh, in Pacific. But have they signed him as a number one. I, did, I haven't looked at who their so, other goalkeeper so, is.
1: So I think it's going to be close. And I think it, that's yeah. I think he's got a really good chance to to be perfectly honest with you. And I think um, I, I really don't think that maybe he wasn't he wasn't ready for it here. Maybe that's just my thinking. And I think that's why they brought in they saw it as a trouble spot and brought in somebody. Uh, but you know, I was just wondering, like, have you seen much of? of Aiden and do you think that he is good enough to step into the breach if uh, God forbid, like if Yang gets injured or something?
0: I haven't got a clue, mate. I I, I don't know goalies. Like I, I yeah, I, I'm not sure at all. Like all I know is like, if you're a goalkeeper playing for us, then now you need to be pretty good with your feet. Um, you don't need to be Edison. You don't need to be one of those sorts of goalies, but you need to be capable enough to build play with the ball at your feet. I'm sure when they were recruiting goalies and looking at goalies, that's something they looked at, but yeah, I think that what was, is it Aiden, isn't it? His first yeah. name. I'm not yeah. going to try and pronounce second name. Only thing I know about him, little, little nugget of information. He's, he's an Everton fan. Ugh. And I know that because before we'd even signed him, I went to watch a Smew game last autumn at some point. And, him and the, him and the Dow players were sitting near me, and I was just looked over and I was like, "Oh, that's the guy that's been trialing." And he had an um, he had an Everton jacket on, so we've got a few Everton fans in our ranks, so they'll be happy about that.
1: So obviously, his uh, <clears throat> that brings his judgment into yeah, into and his danger. idol is
0: fucking Jordan Pickford as well. Oh
1: Jesus Christ! Okay, so <laughs> we're gonna need a new backup goalkeeper. Uh, this kid's out there, I'm joking. No, but uh, I I I think I, I saw. A little bit of him last year, like obviously just during the warm-ups because, um, uh, you know, he was kind of in and around the squad and he, he seems he seems decent. Uh, it's just it's just going to be one of those things. I hope he gets a good run out in – because I'm sure they know what Jan can do. It'd, it'd be kind of nice for him to, to get a run out and just see what he can do in some of these um, practice games, you mm. know, just to kind of have a little bit of pressure on him. But, yeah. Would, would, he, be...
0: would he have to go back to school then in August, at the end of August, if he's – uh, yeah. I thought about that side of it. So maybe yeah, who knows what they're gonna do there then. I mean they'll def- they'll definitely have two goalkeepers at the start of the season. Um it won't just be Jan, but yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen there.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure that uh yeah, Jan Michael Williams is probably still uh... ready to suit up. He'd <laughs> like, love that, wouldn't he? It's, it? it's like I feel like that poor man has to bring goalkeeper gloves or maybe uh, just in case. <laughs> So just moving into the midfield, you know, we've kind of looked a little bit at the defenders, we looked a little bit at the, the goalkeepers. Look, Moving into midfield, um, you, you kind of mentioned there that with, with the box, so we'll have like two kind of deeper players and then two uh attacking players. Like, so who do you, who do you see starting that, um that, that, that kind of role? Like who do you see being the, the two deep sixes and or, or in that kind of deeper role and who do you see as, as the attacking players?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like if, if, so the box is more like when we're building play. I think if you just look on a team sheet and a formation, it'll probably be, you know, there'll be three in there probably, like there'll be a six and there'll be a couple of, I mean, whether you want to call them eights or tens is up to you. But they're kind of eight and a halfs, nine and a halves. Um, they're somewhere between playing as eights and tens. So there'll be, the six will either be um, Lorenzo, Caligari Caligari Yeah hey, there you go <laughs> Out um, Yeah it'll probably be him Because I mean fucking hell His resume is pretty good But it's kind of His resume is CPL good Like there's quite a few players in the league Like Tabla Who you're like Oh fuck he played for Barcelona But then if you kind of dig deeply into it you think oh okay i think Did- uh york this year have a lot
1: of that if you look at like yeah. the the cvs have a, like a lot of their players they brought in like it just seems like uh, i think the um kind of dipped into holland and or the netherlands and got utrecht played
0: in he? fc utrecht yeah so he, he's okay. found like
1: he's found a he's like, kind of a bunch of players like that and they, they they have a good pedigree but there's always there's always that there's always that underlying question of like how the fuck have they
0: ended up Exactly, In this league, yeah. if they have that pedigree, so yeah, I, same I think, same as the Vancouver signing yesterday. Same thing with him.
1: Yeah, it. Uh, but I feel like the Caligari. Like I, I think, I I don't know if he was ever going to be a PSG player anyway. Because it's like they don't the the way that they do business. That's not what they want. Is like it's. They just want somebody who's and ready. They don't want to yeah. bring a, a guy through, and he just seems to kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. He went to Genoa, and that didn't seem to work out, and then he went back to France, and da, 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 da. so I think this is probably it's a good opportunity for him, and it's a good opportunity for us to get a player who's probably hungry enough that he still wants to stay in the game, and it could be a Morelli kind of situation where you know he's. Probably too good for this league, but he needs to show it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah. And,
0: I mean, technically, he's probably going to be one of, if not the best player on the team, just because of like the grounding he's had in the PSG academy. Technically, he'll be well up there. I, I mean, I have slight doubts about the physicality and how he's going to handle that side of it. But at the end of the day, he's going to be part of our our defensive five. There'll be the defenders and him just sitting in front of them, and I think the best version of him will be someone who just picks the ball up from the centre backs and plays at his own pace and builds a game from the sixth position. And we've also got um, Thomas Geraldo as backup slash pushing to be the starter there, who like the stuff I've heard from training camp since it started has been that people are really, really impressed with him. And he's someone, remember, who, who was, was close to the, the impact the montreal first team but injuries just kind of yeah. stopped that from happening so if he can stay fit then he could be a massive breakout player this season um across the rest of the midfield you know the you know the one i'm really looking forward to seeing in the flesh is arman wilson who again comes from the ncaa but if you look if you look at his skill set and you look at what he can do i don't see any limitations with him whatsoever like he's he's 6 foot 3 Technically superb, like brilliant first touch, soft feet, all all the fucking golf clubs in his bag. Like he can ping it like right to left. He can play short. He can punch it into the forwards. Like really, really good player who I'm very excited about seeing the development of. Um, he, he reminds me kind of stylistically, he's not a million miles from Rampy, to be honest. He's that sort of from that sort of mould um Callum Watson English guy lovely guy to talk to big gooner another really look like really really promising player and I can see him like like being a press monster as well like you can just see him like kind of playing in one of those 10 positions or even as a six but being a more proactive six just pressing the other team to death like he, he's a very like modern British midfielder because He's kind of got that old school British thing of like smashing into players, being very aggressive, but equally a bit more cultured. Like he's got a pass for him, either needle passes. So, yeah, another really good player. Rampy. I mean, we know Rampy and his qualities. I think he's going to be an eight this season. I don't think he's a six anymore because we've got a lot more depth there now. Um, so yeah, the midfield looks really good to me. I, I, like, I On paper, I really like the look of, of our midfield this season. And Aidan Daniels as well, who so much potential, didn't live up to it last season, but there's so much talent in Aidan Daniels' feet that it's going to come right eventually. So yeah, very excited about the midfield.
1: Uh, I'm The thing I'm... Really excited about this, like you're saying that they can all pick a pass. And I think that was one of our big things last year that we didn't have a person who can play a true ball, you know, and just kind of cut mm. defense open. And I think looking at the pedigree and the skill sets that we have in there, I think that's been addressed. So, um, yeah, I, I'm super excited. Callum Watson, like Matt, Matt Fegan was I I, like. I've never. I've never seen him so excited about a player before. (laughs) He he was like. He really, really, really likes Callum Watson, and I think he
0: he's really excited what he can bring to the team. So a little nugget on Callum Watson, just because. And I, I like. I don't. No, he he definitely didn't tell me this confidentially because it's not like a secret thing. But I was chatting to him at the pub night we did, and he said like when when the club approached him, like the dossier like Patrice had made on him. Like all of the inform like how Patrice sold the club to him was like Patrice knew everything about him, had such clear information about what role he played in the team. And he said his agent said to him, like, this isn't this isn't like common having a coach who's who knows you this well already and can like fit you into the team this well already. So yeah, that's that shows from Patrice's side like that recruitment element is really important.
1: Oh, big time, man. Like, you know, if you go to uh wikipedia which is the level of uh the research <laughs> i've done uh, <laughs> it said that he received offers to attend preseason with uh uh rails uh, salt lake and houston dynamo but instead opted to sign the guaranteed contract with the wanderer so hello yeah i know but i th- but i honestly think that um that was one of the the things that was being said that you know he had options and he, i think he just really wanted to have because he's been through the grind too with in england with you know he's been a seven, eight-tier teams, when which he probably doesn't belong in, and then he went to the States. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. So that, I guess that leaves us well, – we kind of touched on the, the forwards already. So, you know, um, we were talking to, to Derek Martin earlier on, and he kind of asked us uh, what, what we thought, how we're looking compared to the other teams, and I kind of wanted to get your, your thoughts of um, – haven't seen what other teams are bringing in and i know you don't really
0: care too much about other teams but you know we, we kind of have to i guess watch yeah, yeah. what they're doing so mate we, uh, we need to get our listener numbers up we might as well fucking lean right into the other teams this year well you, you know it's, it's uh we've got forge corner we might as well have york yard yeah there the we go kind of alliteration Paci- you want
1: pacific park uh <laughs> calgary court <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyhow, you just keep going I'll have a <laughs> yeah
1: yeah sorry uh Winnipeg window so um <laughs> what, what you call it uh so yeah so I, I mean like looking at what the other teams and what they've been bringing in do you think we' were stacking up a lot like uh as being one of the top tier teams where you see us fitting in um into the into the greater scheme of things
0: it's hard it's hard to know because our recruitment has been so like it it's there, unknowns that NCAA translation how it translates the league one Ontario how does that translate players from the PSG academy like it's it's really difficult to tell. Um, looking at the other teams in the league, Forge will be good again because Forge are always good and they've not had much turnover. Pacific really interests me actually because right like, they've lost Bustos who. Like, you know, I'm not, I yep. don't particularly rate him that highly. I know that really pissed a few people off when I said that on Twitter once, but I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is or other people think he is. But they've still lost him and he was an important part of their team. And they've signed on, Gero, on Garo, who, like, stylistically, that is a fucking massive departure from having five foot two little Marco Bustos on your wing, like, plugging in like a six foot eight or whatever the fuck he is. Pongaro into the team. That's a that's you like you're changing the way you play fundamentally with someone like that. So they're they're going to be interesting. Like Aparicio coming back is massive because he's brilliant little player. York, I think York are going to be up there. I think York look really really strong. I love I like Babouli. I think is one of the best players in the league. Bringing in um what's your old boy from Ottawa called the big centre forward? Uh, Oh Brian Wright. Yeah, bringing him in as well. Like those two are just going to knock some defenders about this season. So they're going to be really, really threatening. They've got Jeremy as well. York will be up there. Forge will be up there. Cavalry, I don't see it. Like I, like I, I know people around the club at Cavalry, and it wasn't a happy camp last season. Like that, that dressing room was not a good place to be a lot of the time, and I think some of the players who were involved are probably still at the club and yeah i i think they're going to have a bit of a shit season next year cavalry um it's not been a happy camp for a little while so vancouver who the, who knows um yeah, but yeah i think forge york i i think we'll be up there as well because always hopeful in pre-season and then ottawa i don't know ottawa actually because they've lost Tabler they've lost pace They've lost Becky. They've lost experience and leadership. So you just don't know what you're gonna get with them, do you?
1: Yeah, that's the th- that's the thing. I f- I feel like they've uh, brought in some good players, and they've also lost some good players. So it's gonna be uh, it's definitely gonna be interesting. I think with Cal- like Calvary. They've lost um, you know, that kind of core that they had. Like they've lost two of the big parts of that core they had when they started, like in Nick Ledgerwood and now Mason Trafford retired. So. Uh, Oh yeah,
0: forgot about that. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're they're big shoes to fill, so it's going to be interesting to see, um, like where they end up. Uh, I think Vancouver are definitely going to be an unknown thing, uh, but I think they might actually surprise a few people because they, I think they've signed some okay players. They just signed some guy from Liga MX or some guy who played who has a decent pedigree. So I think they'll probably upset a couple of people Uh, I think it's uh, I I definitely don't think they're going to be an FC Everton and just be miles off the rest I think they might actually upset a few people Um, it's definitely interesting I think that kind of forge uh, where they seem to be so far ahead of everybody just seems to the gap every year seems to get a little bit closer and uh, they really haven't brought in that they've kind of kept and they've been really they've done really well in keeping the core that they had because the core (laughs) is really good right and I think Having Jordan Hamilton maybe like as a full season, you know, not coming in halfway through, it will definitely help them too. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, who who where, would be your top four. I I I think for I I I said today uh, when when we were talking, what did I? Let me just bring it up here because rather than me having seven different answers to this. <laughs> uh cause i'm gonna go on like loads of shows and just give like different answers to like one of them's right
0: and then just are you got are you going back on cbc soon no no anthony abbott cbc personality <laughs> 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 local yes. hard man and cbc I, personality. I am
1: i am known so what i went what i went with was a uh, forge halifax uh ottawa cavalry york pacific Valor and Vancouver. So
0: I'd go top two the same, but York third and Ottawa fourth would be mine.
1: Yeah, I I, I think Pacific picking up Angaro, as you said, was a really that's a huge mm. signing for them. But I still think they've lost like from that championship win season, they've lost so many pieces from that in the space of
0: what two years. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a huge turnover. And uh, would you would you think of Angaro like he clearly? Desperately wants to be out of this league like oh, every year he tries to leave and then he, he just fucking ends up back here it, he it must was... be so sick of like oh for fuck's sake here we go again I know
1: like he, he, I just can't wait to. See, I'd love to see his face when he tips into York Line Stadium and just goes like
0: for fuck's sakes here we go yes. <laughs> or, he, call, he calls but, up his agent in like line he's like what, or, what, or what you got in, for me then
1: Walked into the fucking container dressing room with the I grounds like for fuck's <laughs> sakes <laughs> <Here> <laughs> I go I, again. I i i think i think he's i think he knows that this league is a stepping stone because he's obviously had a couple of like little nibbles outside of wherever but um it's just i don't think the grass i think he's and like grass is always green on the other side because i mean the, the first season that i think during off season he went to, to denmark to the second division in denmark and then he was in the romanian premier league i think for like a little bit mm-hmm. and then he tipped up in uh mls next pro because I think Vancouver just needed somebody um and he did actually really well there so it's kind of surprising they didn't pick him up this year um and I think yeah. Pacific I think Pacific is a is a good fit for him um and I, I think as well like I th- I honestly think he'll he, he just scores goals doesn't he like he's a, he is a decent player and uh really good pickup but I'm you know like last year was it last year before when Halifax were like, we're freaking out saying we should have gone for him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, twist, but,
1: <laughs> but, but like I like now, now I'm like looking at what we have and I, I don't actually think he'd fit into what we're trying to do anyway. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah I, I really like I, I think from your, you know, your interview, uh, I think uh, Simon Springer interviewed Patrice from having met him, been at press conferences and like having him on the show and stuff like that. I definitely think we're in the right hands. I I, I really like what he's done. Like the, the rumblings coming from the training sessions are like, everybody seems like he's the right person. He's brought in a really good team around him. Like, you know, he's brought in people into the right roles and stuff like that. So I, I really think the future is bright. And I know I just really feel, I hope to God I'm not here in three months Happened to sit through the bullshit that we sat through last year. So you I know, know, some it, of those some of those like late season podcasts were pretty dicey, weren't they? Oh man. Like I you know, like uh, I, I I was honestly uh... like I was necking like Prozac before we came on just to like cheer <laughs> myself up and you know, I was like what watching like like really like like sad movies and stuff like that, just like oh god, even this is better than watching the wanderer. So yeah, it's um and there's there's a lot of buzz around again. You know, I feel like everybody's spirits have been kind of lifted up. There was like towards the end of the season, even in the stands, everything wasn't quite right. There was, you know, and I think um, a lot of stem from what was being put out into the pitch. So um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I, I actually bumped into uh, Stephen Hart in the shopping center. Did you? Uh, and I, stop to say lot. he's probably just like who the fuck is this guy but, uh it's like talking for like a little bit and he seems in really good spirits and he said that you know if he's around he, he's going to try and come to a game in the summer and stuff like that so i think yeah uh, i think steven's been around the game long enough to know that like it was nothing personal and i think he's just it's part of the job and you kind of move on you deal with something new right so um yeah for sure yeah, yeah
0: hopefully oh, that'd be great if he comes to a game i think i think now we're out of like that little toxic period. I think people would probably treat him the way he deserves to be treated and give him the respect he deserves. So, but be a out, but so yeah.
1: just before we finished, we had um, uh, some listener questions. Which you were very kind enough to send over to me.
0: Uh, Sent you a stream of screenshots. I, I know. I'm trying I'm sure to show you rather. I mean, uh, different uh, format, yeah. but this, uh,
1: this from uh, Wanderer Dave. Does Patrice tend to use all of the subs? You might know the answer to that one.
0: I don't actually. Yeah, I have no no idea. Um, but I do. I do think that's a, that's an interesting. Like I think that's an interesting development globally in the game is the move towards five subs and how essentially now you can change half of your team at half time or at any point in the game. So I think like a new a new part of a coach's job is managing squad. And I think it's going to become more about not how many games you play a season, how many minutes you play in a season, because you can have you can have finishers now, can't you? You can have players who if you've got two equally good players for the same position, you can have someone plays for fifty minutes and someone plays for 40 and vice versa to keep everyone fresh. So, yeah, interesting to see that.
1: I think a lot of the questions we got, um we've touched upon. So I hope people don't think I'm being rude. Um, but we did, like, touch on uh, quite a lot. A lot of people did ask how we stacked up against the rest of the league. Um, yeah. Dave there's some, there's the... some
0: stuff about tactics as well. And I think, like we talked about earlier, like, it's gonna be multiple tactics across the season, multiple formations across the season. We'll be four one four one, we'll be four three three, we'll be 3 four box three, we'll we'll be all sorts and I think it'll be horses for courses, which will yeah. be fun. It'll be fun for us like analysing it week to week, like oh fuck, what did he do this week? And
1: yeah, so, yeah. and I, you know, and I think that was like one of the, the big things like where – what we did before, we were very rigid in what we did. It was very very rare we changed system. <clears throat> so, uh, so I think that answers uh, Anthony Germana's question. I think uh, we answered Halifax Steve's question. Uh, Denton. Um. Uh, he asks. Uh, Anthony Stoller gets to attend a training camp and a team with a full roster. Is there any point to drafting from Eastern universities only, or is it just a different way to create an under twenty three squad?
0: I think I think their focus is on local talent, so they're going to try and go for Eastern Eastern universities as much as possible. And yeah, it can only be good for the under twenty three, under eighteen stuff as well. Which I'm very excited about this season. That, that yeah, season, so. I, I,
1: I, and you know I was talking to Ryan James, and like he wants to be part of that. And I think that was probably part of the selling point to him as so Like you know, because I, I think he got some scholarship down in the states to for his coaching badges or something like that he Um, he
0: came across really well in that interview you did with him i thought he sounded like a really nice nice person yeah
1: um, yeah big time i think that uh it's you know it's really going to help the Wanderers with their community stuff as well but just going back to the university thing i think it's i think the reason why they probably pick Eastern universities, and I think Calgary kind of sent to do the same thing. Is that a they probably know the player? To be honest, They're probably it's easier to scout them, uh, and b it just builds like good, um, good relationships with the with the universities. And I think that's probably what they want to do uh, to, to help fill up that one twenty three thing is to like to have, uh, good relationships with the uh the local universities. So that's probably why. And the last one from Denton uh, which wanderer runs your favorite Instagram account?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't really use Instagram that much. Um a fucking a former Wanderer, Perea. Let's just go with Perea because he was because
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to forget him. He's a No
0: friend. exactly. I've got to keep keep his uh, flag burning.
1: I, I would actually say um uh I, I do enjoy um Aiden Daniels because uh he's a foodie. Him and uh Mateo used to have oh, yeah. Um, a food account, and he still puts up a lot of his uh foodies foodie stuff, and he's an amazing cook. So I do yeah. enjoy look that. So I, I
0: would probably go with Daniel's, and you just go with. Actually, I'm going to go with Jake Ruby because he he never posts. I don't even know if he's got an Instagram account. <laughs> and I quite enjoy <laughs> I quite enjoy the fact I, that he's I, a 22 I, year old who has no interest in social media. That's quite nice. I think I think,
1: it, I think it, so. Yeah, it's uh it's just been fun. To, like it actually feels like we're starting to
0: uh ramp
1: yeah, things back up again build a bit of a momentum uh we have the kit launch on tuesday
0: yeah tuesday yep. are you going
1: yeah i i i did rsvp i'm not too sure if i have
0: um if i'm allowed to with my wife but i will definitely check <laughs> uh, you know what i think like I love the whole kit launch thing around football clubs because it's literally like, if you think of like your your archetypal football fan, they 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 look like you and me, they have shit dress sense. And for yeah. one day a year, they're like, <laughs> they become experts on fashion and what looks good. And it's, it's literally like getting a load of like, Fucking fashion designers who've never watched a game of football in their life to judge who played well in a game like us it's, lot trying to tell them what good clothing is is just it's absurd, quite and, and and also
1: that like every Wanderers jersey I've ever bought doesn't fit me because I'm I'm a big fat bastard. So yeah, uh, <laughs> but you play football
0: once a week, don't you?
1: I I, I actually play football twice a week. Shape your life, mate. But it's. But it's the uh it's what what happens in the other five days is the problem. <laughs> so there's way, way too much Guinness and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh I just said, yeah, we all get to sit there like and uh it's like the Paris fashion week where we all sit around with no pads going. Like
0: I did not um, I did not I wonder-
1: like the, I did not like the neckline on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which which player are they going to get to awkwardly walk out wearing oh, the kit and go? I,
1: I think like last year was like fucking dreadful because it was in the freezing <laughs> fucking cold and the players oh, was, nobody wanted it? to be there. I think the year I think the the year just before Covid 2020 just before that hit uh it, we were talking about this the day on the group chat it was um S-Sino, uh there was uh Scott Ferret and Oxner were the were the models. Yeah. Um, well, they
0: I, in the first year they sent Scott Firth and Um, Watara out to Toronto to do the launch. It was them two with the yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. I um, uh, it was it was really uh, the ones during COVID were weird. Where right? they did like the, uh, oh my god, it was like do you not remember like they, they did it over Zoom where they were like they had like a box, Oh, yeah. Yeah, did this. It was like the worst
0: jersey reveals of all time. But I anyway... know that's when York had that awake, it Google Maps on it, didn't they? Yes.
1: <laughs> that was, that, that's I, I still think that's probably the worst CTL jersey of all time. I think it's probably be the worst jersey I've ever seen When entire life, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so Gary's been amazing. It's good to be back. Um, yeah. and we will probably I, I think after the training session maybe do just to mm, update yeah. people on what we've seen um and then it won't be too long before the season gets started so yeah um can't wait what yeah, we, two months?
0: a month six weeks away So drink on both get out. Out to box,